Welcome back, BetMGM Tonight. Start of hour number three. PJ Glasser and Sean Levine filling in for Ryan, Trista, and Nick here on this Tuesday. Having a great show so far. And uh, two hours in, two hours still to go in the NBA right now. Sixers still on top, 69-57. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites right now. If you like Boston to come back and win the game, they are a plus 200. First of two games tonight in the NBA with Denver and Phoenix being the other one. In the NHL, Carolina still up 6-1 to one over Jersey, Dallas, and Seattle. The second game still to come in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then in baseball, Orioles just got the win over Tampa, 4-2 to two over the Rays. Uh, Sean, it was funny. Before the show started, I told our video producer, Dylan, I got a haircut today. I'm an Orioles fan. I said, Dill, we've had a three-game losing streak. I got to change it up. Got to get a haircut, and the O's win. So, Sean, I'm not going to say that they won because of me, but I'm going to say that they won because of me because, you know, I feel like I did my part. Don't be humble. It's 100% because of you, so pat yourself on the back. And by the way, that's a fresh cut, man. I like that fade. You're looking good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So there you go. Happy to see Myos get a big win today. Reds still up 7-4 over the Mets. Phillies up 5-3 over the Blue Jays. Yankees 7-3 over the Athletics. Braves 8-1 over the Red Sox. Cardinals 4-3 over the Cubbies. Dodgers 4-0 over the Brewers. Real quick, Sean, who do you think is the best team in baseball right now? Do you think it's Tampa or or do you think it's the Braves? Or do you think it's somebody else? Oh, I think it's Tampa. I mean, Tampa has just been absolutely incredible. As a matter of fact, I keep looking at their odds and I wait for them. I'm just like waiting for them to change because they're like even money to win the division. I get it. That East at some point, it's going to get closer than it is right now. But yeah, not only do I think Tampa's the best team in that division and the American League, I think Tampa's by far, so far, been the best team in baseball they're they're ridiculous the way that they hit home runs their batting average the way they steal bases they're pitching they really don't have any so defense everything those to me are the top two teams atlanta and tampa and uh yeah i'm kind of with you tampa bay right now they just they are so good so big win for the o's today to get a win there but let's talk some more nba our producer scott i think has a great couple segments for us he posted this article from the athletic where uh, the author, Sam Vecini, talked about the 2022 NBA draft, Sean, and he redrafted the top 20 based on his personal perspective. And he said, this isn't a ranking based only on how they performed as rookies, but it's a ranking based on how how he rated them, on how they performed this year, some of their holes in their games, and if, you know, they're kind of patching it up, if they're working on it, how he kind of projects them a little bit. So I thought this was really fascinating. So number one was Paulo Bencaro, who was originally taken first overall, plays for the Magic. Number two was Jalen Williams, who plays for the Thunder. He was taken 12th overall. And then number three was Chet Holmgren, who didn't even play this season for Oklahoma City, and he was originally taken second. So we will stop there for the moment, Sean, with the top three, Paulo, Jalen Williams, and Chet Holmgren. Real quick, just give me your your thoughts on Paulo at one. He won Rookie of the Year. He was the number one pick. I won't ask you if he should be number one because he's going to be number one on anybody's list, but just how good do you think Paulo can be? Like, do you think he has NBA MVP future good in, in his 
in his future, or do you think he can just be a really solid, you know, all-star, maybe get six, seven years? Like, what do you kind of project Paolo's future being? Well, for the record, I didn't even think he was going to end up being the actual number one overall pick. I thought maybe that was going to be Chet Holmgren before we knew about the injury yeah, news. But ultimately, it ended up being Paolo Bancaro. 20 points per game, seven rebounds, almost four dimes. Like, those are great numbers and you're playing for an Orlando team that is severely undermanned so I do think that he can be really really good can he be good enough to overcome the curse of playing for the magic can he somehow get that team hovering around 500 and then maybe be in the playoffs next couple of years while he's still under contract I don't know man that team has a whole lot of work but when it comes to the talk about Chet Holmgren I agree yeah we didn't see him this year but Bro, the Oklahoma City Thunder are about to be a problem. Look at that team. They're coming. When he comes back healthy, yeah. now you've got a unicorn, a seven-footer that can basically do anything on the court. You've got Josh Giddy, another, what's he, six, seven, six, eight, who basically can play two or three different positions. Oh, by the way, Shea Gilgis Alexander, even though everybody knows who he is now, is still by far the most underrated player in the NBA. Like, as much credit as people want to give John Morant and talk about him, I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is every bit as good, maybe even a little bit better. Maybe even he has a little bit more offensive shimmy to his game. So I think the Thunder over the next couple of years, like if you ask me what team, what stock I want to put my money into, I think it's Oklahoma City. I agree with you. Their their backcourt, they just have so many weapons. You mentioned Chet. They have Poku. Um, they have the other Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Like Jada. they just have so much talent. Oh man, and and the draft picks are still coming, right? Like we know this is what they did. They tanked, and now not only do they have all these draft picks, but they're starting to hit on these draft picks too. And like you said, Sean, if there's a team you want to buy stock on for the next three, four, five years in the NBA, OKC is going to be high on that list. Uh, so that was the top three. Then Jaden Ivey was four. For the Detroit Pistons, he was originally taken fifth. Shaden Sharp was five. He was originally taken sixth for the Blazers. And then Jeremy Sochan, or Jeremy Sohan, was taken originally ninth for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Shaden Sharp is the guy for me. I thought was one of the biggest risks coming into the draft just because he didn't play at Kentucky. And, you know, it was like taking Darius Garland when he came out of Vanderbilt. And you just really kind of didn't know, like, what you were going to get. And you were going based off of what you saw in high school and the projection and maybe a little bit of the combine. But Shaden Sharp, Trista Crick, who's one of the hosts of this show, she is a diehard Blazers fan, and she loves her some Shaden Sharp. So I trust her opinion. She thinks he's going to be a star. What do you think of Jaden Ivey? Do, do you like the fit with Cade Cunningham, Sean? Or do you think he's a good player, but he'd almost be better off like being the guy in a backcourt maybe somewhere else? On Shaden Sharp, just real quick, average 10 points per game, and that was only playing 22 minutes. So I'm not even yeah. sure if Portland knew what they had until like three-fourths <laughs> of the way through the season. Uh, Jaden Ivey, man, like I can't decide if I think that Detroit – is kind of like Oklahoma City where they've still got some high draft picks where they're building a nucleus or they're just racking up a bunch of dudes on a team. I'm not sure. I don't know what I feel about Adi. I don't know what I feel about Katie Cunningham. 
give me like another season and let those guys be healthy before I make that decision. Now, he looked good. I mean, 16 points per game, average four boards and five assists. So probably was every bit as good as the player that the Pistons thought they were going to get with a top five pick. But you keep rattling off these players and you keep saying number one and number two and number three, a couple of guys' names haven't come up. Where's the kid Keegan Murray, who I'm not going to say he's the reason why Sacramento went from being bad the last 10 years to all of a sudden being really fun and really good this year, but he certainly had something to do it. And then Benedict Matherin for Indiana. He had the second most points for any rookie this year, only behind Paolo Bancaro, 17 points per game, albeit for a somewhat underachieving Indiana team. But to me, outside of probably Paolo Bancaro and maybe Jaden Ivey, Man, and now that I think about it, maybe Chet Holmgren because we haven't seen him play, I thought Benedict Matherin was great his rookie season. Completely agree. Of of all the guys in the top 10, that was the one that stood out to me the most was Matherin at 10. And I loved him in Arizona. He was my favorite college player coming in to the draft last year. And I'm I'm surprised uh, that he's at number ten. He was he was taken number sixth overall by Indiana. But I agree with you. And I thought Walker Kessler had a really good year for Utah. Sam has him listed as uh, ninth on this list. He was taken twenty two. Jabari Smith, who was the third overall pick, was number eight on this list. And as you mentioned, Keegan Murray was seven on this list. He was taken number four. I think you can argue Matherin was top five. Like, I think you could replace Matherin with Jaden Ivey, maybe. You could slide Shaden Sharp up. I'm with you. People forget Indiana was one of the surprise teams, like, early in the season. First couple months, they were really playing well. That young backcourt of theirs with uh, with Halliburton and Matherin and Duarte, like, they were playing some really good balls. So, I- I'm surprised to see him at 10 on this list. And I think of all these guys in the top 10, Sean, Like, if you were to ask me a player to make the biggest jump next year, or like if we were to revisit this top 10, who's the guy who makes the biggest move? I I think Matherin would be that guy for me. I like Keegan Murray a lot, and I think Sacramento is a really good team for him just because of how much pressure Fox puts on the defense and Murray being the scorer and the shooter that he is. I think he really fits well for that team. But at the same time, it almost feels like Sacramento has too many weapons. You know what I mean? Like you have Harrison Barnes, you have Herter, you have Monk. Like it seems like sometimes Murray kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So I wonder if he finds himself in a Buddy Heald situation when Heald was in Sacramento years ago where good score, good shooter, but he's really not fulfilling like his potential and maybe he gets dealt somewhere else. But uh, those are the two guys that I think could make the biggest jump here in this next season are Murray and Matherin. The only player that I would push back with, and of course he's going to do better than he did this year because he sat out the entire season, is Chet Holmgren. I'm just curious, how good do you think he can be? Because we talk about overachieving teams. Man, Oklahoma City, do you remember what their over-under was? Like how many games they were supposed to win according to Bet MGM heading into this season? Just take a guess. I'm going to go 28 and a half. You're not too far off. 23 and a half. They're, they were supposed to be that trash. Low. They had one of the lowest over-unders in the league, and they ended up being wow. a playoff team with a pretty good roster. Oh, by the way, they didn't have their top five pick in Chet Holmgren. So I'm just curious how quick he can catch up with the rest of that team because it feels like 
we're kind of right now in an era where there's a little bit of changeover, right? Where the, some of the older guys are getting, you know, uh, so I should say some of the younger guys are getting a little bit older and some of the older guys are kind of fighting their way out of the league where there's going to be a team or two in the next couple of years that kind of comes out of nowhere. And to me, that depends on how good Chet Holmgren is. Like, if he's the guy that I think that he's going to be, and I'm talking about next year, 18 points per game, 10 rebounds, four or five dimes, four or five blocks, basically the same player that he was at Gonzaga now that he's going to be fully healthy. Dude, that team could win 55 games next year. That team could end up a top two or three seed next season just depending on the health of one Chet Holmgren. So I, it's kind of funny because they probably look at themselves right now and they go, well, we either wasted a pick for a guy that didn't play an entire year or he's going to be the missing puzzle piece, and I think it's likely going to be the latter. The West is so ridiculously loaded. Like, you look at the eight teams that made the playoffs this year, and then you think about the teams that were in the play-in, like New Orleans and OKC, and they're arguably right. missing. Well, New Orleans was missing their best player in Zion, right? And then maybe you could argue that OKC potentially could be missing their best player. We'll see if Holmgren is better than SGA. But I think it's a fascinating point that, yeah, I mean, it's, originally when you said 55 wins for OKC, I was like, that many? But then I started thinking about, like, they made the play-in. If Chet, like you said, can give them those numbers... I mean, you kind of have like a big three there in Oklahoma City with SGA, Giddy, and Holmgren, and, and they got a good young coach. They got a defensive stopper in Lou Dort. They have depth. I could buy into the OKC hype a little bit. Well, you say kind of. I like youth, right? Like, don't get me wrong. It's cool what they're doing out there with the Lakers right now, but they're old. They're not going to be around for very long. Like that combination of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, even if they win the championship yeah. this year, how many more do we think they're going to win, right? How much longer do we think those guys are going to be at the top of their game? Look at the Phoenix Suns, right? I mean, Kevin Durant's getting old. Chris Paul's already getting archaic right in front of us. I like young, man. I like fresh. I like new. I like being ahead of the curve. And it feels like to me, that team, you want to talk about a big three that's still really young? How old is Shea Gilgis Alexander? What is he, 20 years old? Josh Giddy, two years in the league. Dude's 20, 21 years old. And Chet Holmgren just came out last year, 19 years old. He's a baby. I'm telling you, that team is a problem. You're, you're on to something. And uh, Scott's telling us in the chat, they're the second youngest team in the NBA. SGA's 24. The Thunder average age was around 23 years old. Sean, they have 13 first-round picks over the next five drafts. 13. Oh, my God. With that young team that they have. So, what do you think Presti does? Do you think that he's going to, like, keep most of those, or do you start, or do you think that he starts going all in and trying to poke away some of these stars from other teams? Package it together. Bring back Kevin Durant. Get him back to the Thunder. Oh. I'm sick with that. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. I like it.